Welcome back to Pure Skin Talk. My name is Devin MacArthur. So today we're going to talk about shaving your face. But of course, before we even get into that, you know, we just chit chat for a little bit, of course. And if I seem a little tired today, here's the thing. I am a little tired today. My dog kept me up all night. I mean, all night. I think the first hint of her waking up was around two and I'm already not a great sleeper. So I kind of was already awake and not sleeping great. And then she started around two and pretty much kept me up the rest of the night. So I am very tired. And I got to tell you, I understand that having dogs is not the same as having kids, but sometimes it feels like it's on sleepless nights when the dog is keeping me up. I'm like, um, it's the same because <laughs> I'm so tired. And, you know, of course, this is the day I go into the treatment room, which is fine. I'll pull it together. I'll jump in the shower and that will wake me up. And listen, once I start working on clients, then I'm like, I get energized and you know, I love what I do, so that helps. But man, I might have to hit a nap later or something. And I don't take naps, but you know, sometimes you you got it to pull it together. And I have a late night tonight, so I might just have to do that. Anyways, so we're gonna talk about shaving the face, and that's an interesting topic in it in of itself, I think. And I'm gonna tell you all how to how to do it properly so that you don't nick yourself. And, you know, you just do it properly so that it gets the job done and you know how to do it without any incidents. And then also, I thought I would kind of, you know, talk about me. And I mean, I cringe even when I say that because it it's a weird thing to, I mean, I know it's my podcast, but I'm going to kind of go into more detail about, you know, how I got started and, and just my life and my job history and, and all that and just kind of dig deeper and hopefully you guys find it interesting. I mean, we shall see, but you know, why don't we just get started? Let's just get into the episode. Here we go. So dermaplaning and shaving your face are, I mean, they're just really popular right now. And I always feel like, okay, people, you know, they, they've got the hang of it. Like they don't, you know, I don't really need to talk about it anymore, post about it anymore. And then all of a sudden I feel like then there's another wave of people asking me about it anymore. And then it dies down and then there's another wave. So that I would talk about it again and really go over how to do it and, you know, just go over the key points of it. So dermaplaning and shaving, most people do think they are the same thing, but they're actually not. Dermaplaning is done by a professional and not only removes the vellus hair, also known as peach fuzz, but it also removes dead skin. And the blade that is used is also different. Shaving is just going to remove the hair. So that's how they're different. And obviously shaving is done. You can just do it, you know, at home. Shaving is like shaving your legs, whereas dermaplaning, it just goes a little bit, you know, deeper. So we're using a different blade, a sharper blade, and you definitely can cut yourself a little bit more with the dermaplaning. So you got to be a lot more careful. 
Removing the vellus hair will help your makeup lay more seamless on your skin, which I have found to be a plus. Also, as women get older, the decrease of estrogen can cause an increase of facial hair. (laughs) I mean, I feel like every episode is just depressing for women because it's like, oh, look at another thing we have to look forward to. Shaving your face at home will obviously help this too. And listen, men shave their face, and it's one of the reasons they age better, so perhaps this will help us too. One of the myths about shaving your face is that it makes the hair grow back thicker, but that is simply not true. It may seem so because when you shave it, you are cutting the hair straight across, and that creates a blunt end. So it's different than waxing when you pull out the whole hair and it regrows from the root. So you just know like when you wax and it grows back, it grows back more soft. But when you shave, like on your legs, you'll notice it grows back and it's a little bit, you know, sharper. But neither is growing back thicker. It's just how the hair is cut or pulled. So here are some tips to get you going. I do recommend doing this at night though, not in the morning. So avoid exfoliating your skin one to two days prior, depending on how sensitive your skin is. And exfoliating means either physical or a chemical exfoliation. Number two, you want to cleanse your skin thoroughly prior to shaving no acid cleanser, so no mandelic, no salicylic, no uh, glycolic. Number three, you want to hold the blade at a 45-degree angle and use short upward strokes. And then you want to move in the opposite way the hair grows and avoid areas of irritation or acne. So you don't want to go any over any active acne, obviously. Okay, so any healing acne you don't want to go over because you don't want to potentially open anything. And as you're going, if you miss a spot, I mean, not if you miss a spot, obviously miss a spot, go over it. But if you have already shaved over an area, you can go over it a second time. That's okay. But I really wouldn't do it a third time because you can just start to irritate the skin. So you want to you wanna be careful because remember, your face can just be a little bit more sensitive than, say, your legs where you can, you know, probably shave multiple times and it's not going to be an issue. You know, maybe think about your bikini area where maybe you wouldn't shave multiple times in the same spot because that's going to be a little bit more sensitive. Step four. After you are done, wipe the skin with a toner. Again, not an acid toner, so just like a hydrating toner. And that's really just to make sure that the skin is clean, that you have any of the excess hair that might have been left over from the actual shaving. You just want to get that off. The next step is optional, but you can apply a calming and hydrating mask it's just a nice way to kind of end the the shaving thing because you can just kind of make a, a night out of this and this can be your mask night. Uh, again, this step is optional. You absolutely don't have to do this. After the mask or if you skip the mask and this would be your next step, apply your nighttime serums and grapeseed oil or night cream if you don't use the grapeseed oil and you're done. That's it. So simple. And once you start shaving and you really get this down, it's not going to take you very long to do it. You know, you probably could 
shave your face in, you know, 10, 15 minutes once you, you know, really get the hang of it. Um, obviously, when you first get started, you really want to take your time because you want to get the angles of your face correct and make sure that you're not cutting it. But if you use the razors that are strictly for shaving, you're less likely to cut because they're not, they're not as sharp and they are the 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 handles and everything are more plastic so they bend with you so they're just easier to use and you're just less likely to cut yourself and this can be done you know about every 3 to 4 weeks it really just depends on your hair growth and just take into consideration that you know your exfoliation schedule with you know the physical and chemical exfoliation. So just add this into your schedule because you just don't want to do too much to your skin at night. And then just watch, you know, some people, it really just depends on your sensitivity. Some people, this could be too much for their skin. I mean, it's rare, but everybody can react to, to something. So I can do this on my skin and I always feel like I'm a good a good gauge as far as like sensitivity. And I feel like if I can handle it, most people can handle it. So just go slow your first time and make sure that you got the hang of it before you really, you know, go crazy with this. But if you know anybody who's looking to want to start this, send them over to this podcast so they can... <laughs> follow these steps so they you make sure you do this correctly. I do have some blades that I recommend on Amazon, so if you need some help picking some out then, you know, let me know. I can recommend some on Amazon, but you also can just look on Amazon for some and there's so many and they're really inexpensive and just make sure those disposable ones that you know you're maybe only using them you know once or maybe a few times because you know they can dull very quickly and you don't want to be using them you know it's just like shaving your legs you know you only want to use those disposable ones so many times before you dump them okay so just make sure you're paying attention to how many times you are using them all right. So that's it. So that's shaving your face at home. It's pretty easy. If you don't want to do it at home, just remember that estheticians also can just dermaplane your face, you know, in, in their treatment room. I mean, I, it's a service that I offer as part of a facial. So this is definitely something that can be done if you don't want to deal with it at all. And like I said, dermaplaning is a little bit different. You're also removing the dead skin. And in a facial, you're getting a little bit more benefits because we combine it with other things too. So it's definitely more beneficial to have it done by an esthetician. But if that's not an option for you, now you know how you can do it at home. So there you go. So I've listened to a lot of podcasts over the years, and I've always enjoyed hearing people's stories, you know, their journey. I find it interesting. I've told you all stories here and there, and my very first episode, I, you know, introduced myself, but I thought I would finally, after four years, tell you how I got here. Hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully you don't fast forward, you know, I don't know, but here I go. I was born and raised in California. 
technically born in Downey, which I is like L.A., but always lived in Orange County. In fact, my parents still live in the same house they brought me home to. I am the youngest of five. There's three girls and two boys, and for the most part, have always liked being in a big family. I mean, we kind of always are our own party. I mean, holidays were always fun and, you know, birthdays, you know, all those things. And now everybody's married and, you know, I'm not, but all my siblings are married and, you know, now there's 12 nieces and nephews. And so, you know, holidays are even more fun now because there's so many, so many of us. And that's, it's just, you know, that's just kind of fun. So, but I also don't know any other way, but I've dated guys who are an only child or only have one sibling, whatever. And I don't know, that doesn't seem like very much fun, but they seemed okay with it. So I guess really it's just what you like and or what you're used to or whatever, but it's just kind of nice. The other side of it is being the youngest, I had four extra parents and that wasn't fun. So, you know, you, you know, disadvantages, advantages, whatever, but I feel like the good outweighed the bad. Anyway, my dad has always been in the restaurant business. I mean, he owns restaurants. That meant we all went to work at an early age. Uh, Work ethic, working hard, all of that was stressed very hard in my family. My dad is 81 and still works seven days a week. So that should tell you something about how work is viewed in my family. I started when I was 12. My parents were reasonable, though. We had to work, but we still had fun. I don't remember ever thinking that I was missing out on things because my parents made me go to work. It never it never felt like that. It never felt like I missed out on my childhood or I missed out on things because I had a job. So, like I said, my parents were reasonable. And I, even growing up, I never felt – I mean, of course, you always say, like, you know, my parents aren't fair or whatever. But they really – they actually were. And looking back, I can definitely say they were. My parents were were very fair people. And when high school came around, we had a choice, play a sport or get a job. I got a job. We didn't have to work for my dad, but I did. We all did at some point, except for one of my brothers. By the time I was 17 and out of high school, I was managing one of my dad's restaurants. It wasn't my dream, but I had no idea what I wanted to do, except I didn't want to go to college. And my parents didn't force that on us. It was our choice. And I think they knew that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't going to be my road. And all my siblings had gone to college, but, you know, I just... It wasn't going to be what I was going to do. And they knew that I always disliked school. My mom has always told the story that all my siblings, we all rode the bus to school starting in kindergarten. Well, I started in kindergarten. Their journey was a little different. But so everybody was riding the bus to school. And my mom said that I couldn't wait to go. I was so excited to ride the bus to school. But I'm sure, like, as, you know, a little five-year-old, I probably thought that was that looked super fun. 
And I couldn't wait to go. Finally, it was my turn. I was, you know, going to kindergarten. I got to ride the bus with, you know, all my brothers and sisters. And my mom said after like the first week of kindergarten, I told her that I was all done. (laughs) Like I didn't want to do this anymore. So I got it out of my system. And the problem is I never changed my mind. (laughs) I never liked school again. And it's really true. I just never... I, I can I can go back. I have memories of kindergarten. I have memories of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I just didn't like school. Now, I liked the friends. I actually liked the school I went to. So it's not like I have horrific memories of school itself, of the people, of the friends. I mean, I'm still friends with some of the people I went to school with. But I just didn't like school. And I mean, you know, school isn't for everybody, and it certainly wasn't for me. And so when my parents, they just, we never had really had the college store uh, conversation I, because they just knew I wasn't going to. My mom, at one point when I was in high school, she, my sister was going to U of A, University of Arizona. Well, two of my, three of my siblings were going. And at, during my spring break, my sis, my mom sent me to my sister's to stay with her for a week. And I didn't even know this is why she did it, but she thought if she sent me there for a week that that would kind of get me in the mood to want to go to college. But I didn't know she was doing that. I didn't find that out until years later. She thought maybe that would like, ooh, this is, looks like fun, whatever. It didn't do that for me at all. Like I had no, I didn't come back thinking like, oh, I want to do that. I just thought like, oh, look, my sister's having a lot of fun. And like, this looks like, this is cool. But it never made me think, oh, I want to go to college now. I just thought, like, that was a fun week. So (laughs) nothing worked for me. I just, I didn't want to go to college. That was not going to happen for me. Anyways, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just kind of wanted to get married and have kids. But, I mean, clearly that didn't happen either. So anyways, I had a few... Jobs. I mean, I I worked for my dad until I was about 23. I had a few jobs in between, but nothing really to know. I tried office jobs, but oh my gosh, that was not for me. I can't sit at a desk for eight hours. Like that just drives me crazy. At 22, I went to makeup school and that was really intense. And I absolutely loved, loved, loved it. And that was where my love of skin began. After I finished makeup school, I went to work at Nordstrom and was the counter manager for one of the makeup lines. I did not love that job, but I learned to love a lot of, um, I learned a lot and I loved the people I worked with. And Nordstrom was actually a great company. It was just the makeup line that I worked for that was awful. And I was surprised how unsupportive they were to me. Again, Nordstrom was great. It was just the makeup line. And you're kind of working for both. So if one is great and one is not, it still doesn't really work. During that time, I was asked to go back to my makeup school and teach the first course. That was the one that focused on the basics of skincare and the basics of makeup, furthering my love of skin. Teaching in that setting was not for me, though. Looking back, I realized I just wasn't mature or confident enough. I could definitely do it now and kill it. (laughs) I mean, the school's not around in the same kind of setting, but... Oh my gosh, I would totally kill it now. It's just tough at, you know, I was like 23, 24 around there. And, you know, to be in command when you have students that are older than you and 
And, you know, I mean, at least it was like, you know, tough for me. I just, I just didn't have the confidence to, you know, teach 20 students and, and feel like I really knew what I was doing. I mean, the owner of the school and my former teacher, like she had the confidence in me, obviously, to hire me to do it. I just, and I wish that that had been enough, but clearly it was not. So anyways, I got into doing makeup for weddings and teaching privates, but, you know, it just, it wasn't enough financially because I, again, the confidence, so I wasn't pushing myself to do more. Somewhere around 25, I started working at the airport, John Wayne Airport in Orange County, in the restaurant as a waitress. Honestly, still one of my favorite jobs. It's, I mean, second to be an esthetician, like loved that job. I met some of the best people that I'm still friends with today. I was even in two of their weddings. I only quit because I got vertigo. I mean, how random is that? And I was told that it was probably because of the job. Like, that's what my doctor had told me. That vertigo episode lasted for three weeks and was so terrible. I was really sick. I mean, it was crazy. Who gets vertigo for three weeks? I think by the time I was completely... I think by that time I was completely done with makeup. I just knew it wasn't my thing. And every time I would like drive to a wedding, I just, I felt stressed. I felt sick to my stomach. And I thought, why, I'm just, I, I, why am I doing this to myself? Like, this is not normal. This is not how somebody should feel on the way to a job. Like it just, I just got sick to my stomach and I, I just thought this isn't what I should be doing. So I stopped. So I went back to work for my dad. Clearly, vertigo was not caused by working in restaurants, if I could, you know, do that. I learned a lot more this time around. I designed websites for him, and that helped me for this career, because obviously I have my websites now. And managing restaurants and managing people really help you when you're owning your business. I was preparing myself for all of this, and I didn't even know it. Learning to talk to vendors, customers, angry customers, whatever came my way, I had to learn. Of course, my dad taught me so much too, but I'm not great at asking for help, so I learned a lot on my own too. Not recommended, by the way. You should always ask for help. But as far as technology, I am pretty much self-taught. I mean, that's not really my dad's thing, like, you know, technology. When computers, internet, or registers went down, I had to figure out how to fix them. And I know it sounds crazy, but it comes in handy in this career too. Not specifically being an esthetician, but being a, a business owner and like troubleshooting. And, you know, that's all just stuff that like, it, you know, your just your brain, working your brain and, and all those things. I mean, it just, it all plays in somehow and you just figure out, and then you really figure out how you're capable of of so much. I remember my friend is a little off topic, but I remember my friend, my friend and I live in the same apartment complex, coincidentally. Like we went to the same high school and then, you know, you just kind of like lose touch, whatever. And then we would see each other every few years, whatever. And then just one day um, I saw her like below my apartment complex and I was like, wait, what? So that's how we found out we lived in the same complex. So weird. Anyways, she was helping me. I had purchased something at Ikea and she was helping me move something. And, you know, I have arthritis. I'm not arthritis. So I'm not supposed to be doing stuff like this, but like I just do this stuff because 
I I don't have time all, you know, to to wait for somebody to help me or to, you know, ask some like muscly guy to so I just do this stuff. And my my friend goes like it was something particularly heavy that I I just couldn't do myself and so she had to help me and she goes what would you have done? Like how I'm like I don't know, I just figured it out. I just do it. And that was lost on her because she just always has somebody to help her. She just always waits for somebody to help her. And she's not helpless. She's a single mom. Like, she's not helpless by any means. But she just has never, she just hasn't been in the positions that I have been in where of, of like managing, of, of having these kind of jobs where you just have to figure it out. And that's the difference. Like, I've been in positions, like, when you're managing, you just have to figure things out. You don't have time to wait. Like, if the registers are down, I don't have time to be helpless and just hope somebody figures it out for me. I have to figure it out. So that's what I'm talking about when when being a business owner, why all that stuff could – that my past jobs have helped me because you have to figure it out. You can't wait for somebody else to do it for you. So I don't – wait, I just figured out. I don't know how to build a website. Well, I'm going to teach myself. I'm going to figure out how to build this website. So by the time I was an esthetician, I'd already built multiple websites and figured out how, so each one got a little better. So by the time I got to mine, it was already just a little bit better. Was it like, you know, professional level? Probably not, but it was still better than it was 10 years prior. So, you know, it's just all of it plays a part and all of it just gets you just a little bit higher, a little bit higher. So I'm, I'm thankful for, for my past, you know, maybe I wasn't doing my dream job, but it really prepared me for my dream job. Anyway, so at some point, I started a makeup line called, I can't remember when I started this, in my 20s at some point. I started a makeup line called Charlotte George Makeup. Uh, I named it after my twin nieces. I know I had said I was done with makeup, but this was different. I was just teaching people how to apply their makeup and really just the basics of makeup. You know, where do I put my eyeshadow? Where do I put my blush? You know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't as stressful as like doing weddings where you know, I mean, obviously, I don't even need to explain that. It's very different pressure teaching people where to put eyeshadow versus, you know, this is the biggest day of my life and I got to make sure I look perfect. So it was just much easier for me and I enjoyed it so much more. So I did that for a while, but it really never took off. I mean, if social media was what it was, what it is today, if it was like that back then, I probably, it'd probably a be a different story. I mean, we had Facebook, but I didn't know how to use it back then. It definitely wasn't being utilized the same. And I just think it could have been different. So now I'm in my early 30s. Life was not going the direction I expected. And I was kind of lost. You know, my mom had mentioned becoming an esthetician many times. And at one point, I had actually tried going. This was at some point in my 20s. I also can't remember what year. But I had signed up, paid for a community college, so I didn't really lose any money, and I only went for a week. The school was such a joke. I mean, a lot of schools are bad, but this one was, well, I don't even know how to explain it. But anyway, my mom, it just, 
the school was bad. I mean, bad, bad, bad. I remember like my first day, like you have, you come in, you always have a kit and like the woman, the teacher, because you, I was starting at a different pace and I was literally the only student that was starting that day. And so she had me take everything out of this box and put it back in. She had me do that for five hours, the same box. And it was a small box. And I thought, I I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I had to do that the first day. And I just was going to lose my mind. Anyway, my mom mentioned esthetician again. And this time I said I would go. I looked into schools and found a private one. And private only because those usually start you know, year-round, different times year-round, whereas community, you have to kind of go on their schedule. So uh, the class had started in like two weeks, so the timing was perfect. It just kind of like worked out, and so it felt meant to be, and it really was. I started in June, and I finished in September. I literally wasted no time. I was like, you know, I'm in my 30s. I got to do this. You know, so many people are like 18, 19, they're like, let me you know, they're not in a hurry. They don't, you know, but I was, I wanted to get in, get out, and I wanted to get on with the rest of my life and and start doing this. I took my licensing test in November and I got my first job in February. Best decision ever. I had goals for what I wanted to do. And one of them was to start writing articles for our local magazine. I knew the editor, so that helped, but that doesn't mean he would want skincare articles. I also realized that Instagram was becoming something, so I started posting. I also created a website. Remember, that goes back to how many websites I had already created, so I felt like I was more capable of doing this. So right away, I had Facebook, Instagram, and a website going. Eventually, I did get some articles in the magazine. Then I joined a networking group. I'm not sure how much that helped grow my business, but I loved meeting with other business owners every week. It helped inspire me. At some point during this time, the Orange County Register reached out to me about an article on sunscreen, and I was featured on the cover of one of the, I think it was like the wellness section or whatever. So that was that was really cool because they actually came down and took pictures of me and my treatment room. And I also started a blog. That was when blogs were, you know, big. And during this time, I also won Best Facial in the county two years in a row. I believe this contest was only done one more year, and I think it was, like, set up differently or something had happened where I couldn't, like, it was, I can't remember what it exactly had happened, but I couldn't win or I couldn't figure out how to make it happen that third year to, like, win. But anyways, um, and then I, it's gone now. Basically... I did everything I could to get my name out there. I mean, I just, I remember I would stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning every night and I was just working, 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 working because I wanted, I just, I was determined. I was very determined to build my clientele to just, to do this, to make this work. And it's so much easier when you really love what you do. I mean, and that's, that's how I felt. I just, I love, it felt so much different than when I started doing makeup. You know, I liked the makeup part of it. There were aspects of it that I really enjoyed, but I never had this kind of passion for it at all. So after two years of working in the salon, I decided to open my own place. 
Even though I was in a salon, my business was 100% mine from day one. That made the transition easy. I opened my business in the same center as the salon. Now, just to give a little backstory on that. So the salon that I worked at was in the same, the city that I grew up in is called Villa Park and it's in Orange County. And Villa Park is a very small city. It's literally two by two miles and it only has one shopping center. And it's like a one-stop shop. There's like a grocery store, dry cleaners, and there's a couple restaurants, but it's small, like everything, you know, whatever. So that salon had just opened. So I got the job in February. That salon had just opened, like, I think in January. And so I got the job in February. So it was a new salon and... I was, you know, why wouldn't I want to work in the same city that I grew up in? I thought, you know, that's maybe an advantage. It really was not much of an advantage. But so it wasn't, I know it sounds weird and competitive that I would work in the same, I would open a business in the same center, but it wasn't because that's just where I grew up. And at this point, when I was doing my business, I was living at home. So it was, you know, five minutes from where I was living at the time. So um, all of it kind of made sense. And I wasn't competing with them anyways because I wasn't opening a hair salon. It was more going to be like a, a, a spa. And I had a good relationship with the actual owner of the salon. So she didn't look at it that way at all. So no hard feelings at all. So anyways, and no extra travel for my clients, which is always good because every time you move, you run the risk of losing clients if they don't want to drive further. So they just had to drive across the parking lot. So the plan for my new place was to have more estheticians, massage therapists, lash artists, and you know, the like, you know, whatever that meant, anything but hair. But let me tell you, it was actual hell. <laughs> I did it for a year, and it was one of the hardest years of my life. Instead of being able to concentrate on my clients, I was constantly worrying about the business and trying to find people to fill the rooms. Since I had managed before, I understood that people are lazy, but I thought it would be different because people cho chose these jobs. They chose these careers. You know what I mean? Like, you chose to go to esthetician school. You chose to go to a massage school. You know what I mean? Like, whereas in a restaurant, you're just like, I just need a job. I just need to make some money. But like, if you're a massage therapist, like you chose to become a massage therapist. So I thought these people would want to work. And I would say, if all you have to do is show up, like I didn't, like I wasn't paying, they're all independent contractors. So they weren't my employees. But I just said, if you show up, if you show me dedication by like being here, then I will promote you. I just need to know that you care and you want to be here. I need to know that you want to show up. I will promote you as much as possible. And I built my career in the center, so I know that I can help them. But like nobody put in the work. Nobody wanted. So it just it just fell apart so fast and I just thought, "Oh my gosh, I I can't do this." And an opportunity came for me to get the heck out of my lease and I got out fast. I mean, 
fast. And it was a humbling, humbling experience. And I had had so much success in my first two years, it was difficult to imagine failing so hard in my third year. It was crazy. And it wasn't even like I was failing hard in my own business. And like being an esthetician, I wasn't failing. It was all the other stuff. And so it just was... Oh my gosh, it was really, really hard. And just luckily I had met someone who had a business just across the street. So I was able to move my business in there and I've been there ever since. And I am so beyond thrilled. I love where I work. I love who I work with. And it's just the best situation. And amazing that it was just across the street. So again, I didn't have to go far. My clients didn't have to go far. So I didn't have to, you know, worry about losing people. I mean, everything ended up working out, but oh my gosh, it was so, it was so stressful. So I just, when people talk about like um, opening up a spa or a salon or whatever like that, I'm always like, oh, make sure you want to do it because it is so, it is so, so difficult. And, you know, there's so many things I would do differently this time around. And I always say I would never do it again. I mean, never say never, but I I just, it would, it would take so much for me to want to, want to do it again, because just having me to worry about is enough because I know I'm going to work and I don't know that somebody else will. And I don't want to have to depend on anybody else. I like to depend on myself because I know what I'm capable of. And I don't want to have to worry about anybody else. Anyways, I've been an esthetician for 10 years now, and I still love it. I started my skincare coaching eight years ago, and I still love those. I didn't even realize that I was doing my my those the online skincare coaching consultations. I didn't even realize I've been doing it for eight years. I thought I had started like five or six years ago, and then some memory popped up the other day. And I'm like, wow, I've really been doing it for eight years. I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, the just time flies, but I really love every aspect of this business, except for, you know, probably laundry. But every job that I have had has led me to where I am today. Creating websites for my dad helped me to be able to do it for myself. Working hard for my dad and managing a restaurant prepared me for owning a business. I mean, it's just crazy how many things have come up in the past 10 years that I can attribute to my past jobs. I mean, today I am really active on social media and that is still where I get a lot of my clients. This podcast helps too. I always hope that people hear my passion. I hope that people know how I care and that I will only be honest and upfront. This is important. Integrity is important. And these are things I learned working for my dad. I mean, these are things just that my parents taught us as, you know, to be good people and integrity and morals and values and all those things. But when you see your parents in a work environment and you see how they, when you see them put it in action, you know, through their business and you don't even, because it's not like they're saying, 
Devin, let me show you what integrity is. You know, you just see it through examples. Then it really means something. Then you really, you just, you see it and you see it on a daily basis. And I I saw it all the time and I saw right and wrong and I saw how, what it takes to run a business and I saw how hard it is. And, and like I said, my dad, you know, still works seven days a week and how hard that is. And, you know, all five of us, we all have our own business. And that stems from, I'm sure, watching my dad and knowing that, like, this is what we want to do. And we all wanted to be entrepreneurs in, in some way or another and figured it all out. And I, I'm i I'm proud of myself because, and I'm sure my parents had years where they were like, oh, shoot, what the heck is Devin going to do? Because it didn't take me, it took me until my early 30s to figure it out. And, but I don't know. That's okay. And I, 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 I'm lucky I had my parents' support. I'm lucky they didn't kick me out of the house. I moved out and moved back in. You know, I was out on my own, and I moved back home to become an esthetician. That's when I moved back home again because I, I was lucky that I was able to go to school full-time. I stopped working for my dad, and then I went to school full-time. I was very lucky that I was able to do that. Not everybody has that opportunity. I have the best parents that they said, do that, concentrate on school. And so I was able to go full-time, work my butt off, and they saw me do that. They would not have allowed me to do that if they saw me slacking off. But the fact that I was working hard and working towards a goal, you know, they allowed me to do that. But I couldn't have moved back home, sat in my room and done nothing and slacked off and you know whatever so they were always like you're working towards something whatever like let's let's do this even now my dad (laughs) hates that I'm renting an apartment he's constantly telling me to move back home save my money so I can buy a house like every day he's like move back home move back home move back home I mean how lucky am I that I have parents this supportive but I'm 44 I don't want to move back home (laughs) but I'm lucky I'm very lucky that I have supportive parents who, you know, will still take <laughs> still take their daughter in at 44 years old. He's the best. But anyways, so I just, you know, for all you young estheticians out there, you just have to keep pushing and, you know, you just that's that's all there is and you just never know what job is going to lead you to the next and what job is preparing you for the next job or your career or whatever. And I never, I never thought that the restaurant business would be what helped me so much. I mean, there's so many times where all of a sudden I'll realize like, oh, I learned that from the days when I was doing this. And I mean, it's, it's really crazy. I learned, I learned so much and the hours were crazy. And, you know, I, I don't miss the early hours because I worked very early hours in the restaurant business. And I don't miss that at all. I really don't miss those early hours. Anyway, so that's my story. That is how I became an esthetician. Those are all the crazy jobs that I had. And I didn't even name all the jobs I had. I had uh, more waitressing jobs. I had more odd jobs. But, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. The other ones, you know, not that they don't don't matter, but they weren't as, you know, significant in in my life. But, you know, we all get 
to where we are because of our past. And there's things I might have done differently, but I always say, you know, there's no point in regretting because you can't, you just, you can't go back and you can do things differently and and all that. But I'm here because of my past and, and that's okay. And that's absolutely okay. I'm happy where I'm at now and I love what I do. And I hope you guys feel that and hear that and, and all that. So anyways, that's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you didn't fast forward through it. And that's about it. And I hope you guys had a great week. I hope you guys have a great week coming up. And we will talk soon. Don't forget to follow me on social media at PureSkinOC. That is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Please follow me on TikTok. I tried to do a live last night and I couldn't. I couldn't even, I thought I could join a live and I can't. I still have to have a thousand followers. So please follow me on TikTok so I can get to a thousand followers. I'm not even at 500. I'm almost at 500. But if I can just get to a thousand, so please follow me on TikTok. Help me get to a thousand. And then you can also check out my website, pureskinoc.com, if you want to sign up for my skincare coaching so I can help you on your skincare journey. That is pureskinoc.com. And then you can give this podcast five star reviews. Five star reviews. That helps the podcast grow. And not just the five stars, but actually writing words on how much you love this podcast. That would be great. And I'm having a little raffle that goes on until Friday. So if you share this podcast on your social media and tag at OC, you got to tag me so I know, that gets you one entry into the raffle. If you leave a five-star review on the podcast with words, you got to leave like words, that gets you another entry. And then if you share the podcast, that gets you another entry into the raffle. And if you share the podcast every day until Sunday, that's one more entry each day. So you can get multiple entries into the raffle and you could win a microcurrent device for doing all of that. So that's worth $300. So let's do it, baby. At PureSkinOC, PureSkinOC.com and five-star reviews on the podcast. iTunes. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, and if you do the the review on the uh, podcast, then email that review to screenshot it and then email it to me so that I can count it. Otherwise, because the name that gets left on the re- on the podcast review thing, I can't, I don't know, the name is always like cryptic, so I never know who it is. So you've got to screenshot it and email it to me, devin at pureskinoc.com. All right, guys, that's it for today. I hope that you have a great one. If you're going on vacation, then I hope you have fun. Otherwise, if you're local, come see me. Come get a treatment from me. I mean, it's time. It's time. And you can see all that information on my website. All right, guys, have a good one. We'll talk soon. Bye.